Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to Lotus Chat. This is episode 10, when doing nothing is doing everything. I am Jazzy Kang. Hi, everyone. I'm Zien. Hello, and I'm Laura Benson. Me and these beautiful ladies, we are missing our other two, but we are so excited to share with you a very exciting topic of creating stillness and creating new possibilities within doing nothing. So, Miss Laura, would you like to share, um, have you ever stopped yourself before you needed to act or react? Um, yes, I have, but I have to admit it's come a little bit later in my life. Um, earlier in my life, I was a real reactor. <laughs> <laughs> I reacted first and then decimated the place and figured out how to take care of it later. Um, and I think a lot of that was for me was defensive. I wanted to win. I wanted to be out front. I didn't want to be left behind. I didn't want to be walked on. And those are defense mechanisms of, of protecting myself. And I can see that now, but at the time it was like, it was just reaction. And I, and I, my feelings would get hurt. People's feelings would get hurt. And it was more, I thought I was protecting myself when I really wasn't. I was just causing mayhem. And so now what I find in general, so um, yes, um, I, I work in a business where I'm a consultant and a life coach. And there are times where people get really angry and they're working through things and they're working through processes. But sometimes it's directed at me because that's where their defense mechanisms are coming. And I've really learned that reacting back doesn't serve them, doesn't serve me, and it's not about me. And so I would have to say in my line of work, it's easy to take it personally, but I've learned that it really isn't personal. And when I don't react, it gives them the space they need to work through it. If I get involved and jump in and defend myself, they don't feel comfortable. So yeah, I've learned to do that. Um, through later in my career. And, and it feels a lot better not having to defend myself. How about you, Zian? Has that happened to you? Or what has your journey been on that topic? Definitely. Thank you, Laura. And I definitely resonate with the fact that um, as we get older, we tend to pause a little bit more. And I'm still learning on that front. But I definitely uh, think that um, as we grow older, uh, pausing and um, um, responding instead of reacting also comes a lot with maturity and also allowing um, things to happen uh, in front of you. Because I think, yeah, many times I realize myself, why am I reacting? It's because I have a need to control the outcome of the conversation and I couldn't let go and I couldn't surrender. So when I go through that, um, through multiple uh, realizations, and then I realize that, hey, maybe I should pause. And actually, um, in the context of doing nothing for me, it's more like pausing my thoughts, pausing my mind. And it's something that I am um, determined to practice more this year. So much so that it's not just pausing the mind, but also physically having more space in between activities you know I'm I'm someone who runs from A to B in like seconds you know mm -hmm. without without time to think and without time to pause so intentionally this year what I'm doing is you know giving more space and pausing in between say 
um, time between reading to the gym, you know, just sit there for five minutes, pause, have a coffee and think for a little bit more. I think that helps um, just that act of physical pausing helps with the mind pausing as well. Wow, that was powerful, Zian. Thank you for sharing that. That was really powerful. Thank you, Laura. What about it you, Jesse? Yes, is. I, I agree. It's, it's powerful when you can pause the chaos or quiet the storm that's happening and create um, a space to be able to shift and adjust when there is a situation that is escalated or bringing up unwanted or undesired emotions. It's very important to understand the resistance that's taking place because whether it be the resistance within self or whether the person outside of you, it's not to control the environment, but to control the inner environment Mm -hmm. and be able to respond responsibly, appropriately in a way that is aligned with our authentic self and not out of our character that we want to show up as. So I know that I definitely had to stop myself this last week within a move and I got to be compassionate and understand that the adverse party that I was dealing with, um, they are at where they're at. Mm -hmm. And within knowing this, having the most flexibility in my thoughts was what was going to work Mm -hmm. because fighting fire with fire only creates and builds more fire. And so instead of that, I had to be the cool waters that removed myself from that situation, allowed it to simmer down and to be able to respond um, as the love that I am. And I think in that moment, it was being love for myself and self-respecting instead of putting myself in the dog pen, um, ready to fight, which in the past, um, it was very much a defense mechanism to, uh, I thought standing for myself meant to you know, be also aggressive with an aggressor. That's not necessarily the move to make. It It um, definitely took being aware of what's going on and um, turning off the furnace since it was kicked on and coming back to revisit it and then vocalizing what I needed to express. So it's not that I needed to um, suppress it, but I needed to just put it away for a second. All of my feelings and not be emotionally charged and um, just be still and do something different. So I, I want to kind of expand on that. I think you both have made some really good points about power. So many times we want to control the situation because we want the outcome. Um, we want to know that there, there, there's some safety and if we can control it, it will be the outcome and there are no, no surprises. But the power is really in allowing it to flow and not needing to get in the way. And you both have elaborated on that. And I think that is something that's really hard to learn. But once you learn it, your life is more peaceful. And the power really is there as the world unfolds. You just go, okay. And people around you notice that and feel that power as well. So it's kind of the opposite of what we're taught. But once we learn it, there's a relief, a release. Yeah. Um, there's a difference between proactive and reactive. Yeah. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. 
Yes, and I think um, following on um, what Laura said, I think pausing also allows life to reveal its characters, you know, and uh, one of the books that I'm reading this, uh, I'm reading recently is on this book called Quiet, and there was this uh, part that uh, the author mentioned that we need to learn to sit down so that others may stand up, and I find that mm -hmm. really powerful because it's so true. If we're always the one being... Um, um, reacting, responding, saying things, having the last say, wanting to be right yeah. all the time, then who will have the chance and opportunity right. to reveal their, you know, their real characters, to, to want to serve you and to want to give to you? you know? Maybe sometimes pausing allows um, space for us to receive. Oh, I like that. How do you guys practice stillness? And when I, I'm talking in stillness, what I'm talking about is if we're not reacting, if we're taking the space and we're taking the power and we're taking the time, that is one definition of that is stillness. It doesn't mean you're just stationary. It just means instead of reacting, you're, you're giving space and being still. How do you practice that? Jazzy. For me, in stillness, um, like I, in the past, um, when I first embarked on my meditation journey, I mean, I am a psychoanalyzer to a T sometimes, and and it's like, okay, everything's very methodical and strategic. How is this going to look? What is this like? My brain will go a million miles a minute. So, with practicing stillness in my meditation, um, my training wheels look like counting to 10 someone who had once said to me anyone can count to 10 um as many times as possible so at least the one through 10 ended up being like following like breathing to 10 times and then eventually the numbers would leave and then it's just focusing solely on um my breathing and then within that i would quiet my mind because all it is is isolating my thoughts to being more present to myself, my body, my vibration, and my breath. And another thing in the elevation of my meditation was um, shifting my pulse and my breath and connecting with every particle of my body. And then through that, I would actually, it, it'd, be, it'd become more transcendental from that point because I was creating awareness to myself and learning how I was practicing focus in stillness. And um, with that allowed me to be present and quiet everything else that was going on. So um, that was, that's been what's worked is breathing, counting, and focusing on what part of my body um, that I was focusing on until it would just be an empty room of space within myself to uh, allow what was, whatever messages needed to come to come from my heart rather than my mind. So what about you, Zian? That's beautiful, Jazzy. <laughs> um, I definitely resonate with the part that about reading. Um, I've been recently trying, uh, learning to breathe more intentionally. And it's so weird because breathing is so natural, but yet when you do intentional breathing, it gives a, a different perspective um, and I, I'm learning and I'm, and I'm very curious on that part and 
I find a lot of value in intentional breathing. Um, same with meditation. Uh, uh, it's something that I have been learning to practice as well. So I do five minutes of meditation in the morning with a timer because otherwise I keep looking on my phone. <laughs> and uh, so I do that. And also um, one of the things that I have been doing in practicing stillness is not doing anything, including reading, because I realized that sometimes reading is a form of distraction for me. You know, I want to fill my mind with something. So I literally sit there and drink coffee. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I have a question you? for you ladies. Yes. So when it comes to like practicing stillness and putting ourselves in a place, place of meditation, would either of you consider um, doing something in the moment? Because I hear people say, I meditate when I um, read a book. I meditate when I play an instrument or I'm doing something. Do you consider that meditative stillness? Um, I don't, but yeah. that's based on me. Um, and Zian may have a different take, but um, if I'm doing something else, my mind's on something else. And I've had to learn to train my mind not to be, because I'm one of those people that multitasking is my favorite thing, yeah. but I can't focus on anything doing that. Stillness for me has to be quiet. The TV's not on. I'm not even, I, I guess I, I have tried it sometimes listening to music, but even that can direct my mind it for me it's the breathing um I do yoga um a form called kundalini yoga um I'll go for walks and not take my earbuds so I I'm not listening to music just so that my mind can calm and I can really feel and think and process and and just feel what's happening and so for me it's the breathing the walking and and yoga where I'm just doing the poses um, but no, I can't have anything else happening or, or my mind just goes whoop, over there. Okay, so I hear you. Uh, what I'm hearing you say is that it's possible to do active stillness. It is, but uh, for some people, but um, for me, um, it's not. I think if your personality is such that you can, you could. Um, but, but for me, the stillness is where the power is and where I get the clarity and where I get the information and where I get to process and where my feelings and my emotions process. And I, if I'm not focused on that for me, then I can't actively meditate. And I also think that uh, uh, stillness and what you do, whether it's active stillness or passive stillness is really entirely um, customized to that person. So only you will know whether you're doing active stillness because you want to distract yourself from not feeling the real feeling that's coming up when you're yes. doing nothing. Sometimes, yeah. yeah, sometimes the resistance of uh, stillness is because we don't want to feel it. We don't want to deal with it. And we just kind of want to, you know, distract ourselves from it and it's so easy to distract ourselves with it because of our phones our phones alone are, you know it's such a huge distraction so that's why when laura mentioned just now going for a walk without earbuds that's amazing yeah. yes totally yeah going to walk my dog without my phone or without you know without anything nothing just go and just do that one thing and see what comes up yeah 
I could see where discernment in that moment of what you're choosing to do is very important when you're choosing to be, um, you're choosing to do nothing. Mm. It's, I could see where you said uh, distraction versus intentionally feeling the feelings and still doing something that was going to be um, a healthy alternative to being in your meditative state or in your active stillness. I love what Leanne said, though. I think sometimes we say, I'll just do this so I can meditate, but it's really, sometimes it can be a resistance to feeling. And sometimes it's a resistance to processing and and really looking at ourselves for self-reflection. And so I think you really have to look at it as if active meditation works for you, can you still process while you're doing that? Mm. Mm. I also want to touch a little bit about, you know, we mentioned about when doing nothing is doing everything, but I also want to talk about um, not saying something. So pausing in terms of conversations, I think uh, when we communicate with someone and um, pausing and not needing to end the conversation is actually more powerful than it seems. Because I think when we pause, we allow the other person to process and actually continue the conversation when we thought it's actually the ending, but it's not because they still got some stuff that they want to say, but because we want to have the last say or we want to be right, we tend to just fill in the blanks and you know, being uncomfortable sometimes with pausing. But I think pausing in conversation actually allows more thoughts to come through. I, I really like that. It, you made me think of something and I know, I don't know if this is right or not, but um, we've all been around people that fill the air and fill the space with words. And I find that I don't really care for that anymore because I really want to be intentional with what I say. And sometimes just filling the space just keeps you from having that meaningful conversation with someone and being authentic. And I liked what you said about, um, you know, intentionally pausing, but I kind of want to go back to the word that Jazzy introduced to us. And that was discernment. I like that word a lot because what it does is it makes us look at all the facts and all the information and make a decision and see clearly what the decision is. And I think that discernment is used in if I'm going to say nothing or I'm going to pause, what am I going to do with that? Why am I going to do that? Or if you need to react to something, how are you going to react to that? And I think that's probably the challenge of tonight's conversation for me is knowing when it's right to do nothing and knowing when it's right to stand up and say, I need to say something. I need to do something with this. And I think in the world today, we have a lot of world situations going on where we're frustrated because no one's doing anything. Well, what can we do? What are we, what can we do? But it's, I, I love that word because it makes us think about if my action is this today or this moment, how is that going to empower me and others? Yeah. So discernment also always goes back to intention, right, Laura? Yes. Yes. Yeah. What is the real intention here? Are you, are you pausing and doing nothing because you're afraid or are you pausing and doing nothing because you want to allow space? That's right. a very different intention right there, right? 
yeah are we pausing because uh, we are afraid to stand up for someone or are we pausing because we want to allow someone else to show their courage so yes. i think yeah mm. so i think intention is very important and only we will know that's why this sermon is so important exactly allowing that space for something beautiful to happen so many times what we want to do is we want to insert ourselves or someone else wants to insert themselves instead of allowing someone else to show their courage or to step in. And by allowing that space, something beautiful can occur. But if we're filling the space methodically without thought or intention, it, we usually fall apart. Something usually doesn't work out. I'd agree with both of what you had to say. Um, I do believe that discernment is definitely born from doing nothing sometimes in that stillness. The discernment is born there where you can find or feel the inspired action to be able to move accordingly and to be in alignment with what you what results you want to show up instead of like what you said in the past or how you were, Miss Laura, about you would just go ahead and go out there and react. No discernment. Um, <laughs> burn the house down. We're going to rebuild it later. <laughs> so rather than doing that within our relationships and our interactions, and even to ourself, um, it could be very conducive to take that moment to be powerful in our pause and be an advocate for um, going on the path of least resistance, creating space for self to be discerning to be grounded within how we want to respond and um, allow our, our inner guidance system to give us the answers in our stillness. I love that, our inner guidance system. Our inner guidance system can't talk to us if we're busy flooding the airwaves, talking, the TV's on, people are communicating. Um, so I love that allowing our just in allowing our inner space to, to speak to us, to feel. And that's where the stillness comes in. The other thing I've learned in stillness is I'm not creating a reality that isn't a reality. So many times we have a movie going on in our minds of what's happening or what someone means or what they say. And they don't even mean that at all. They're they don't even know what we're talking about. And so in stillness, we can say we can be neutral. That's my favorite word now, being neutral. Mm -hmm. Instead of creating judgment, instead of creating, oh, they must have meant that, or this must have been what happened. It's just neutral. It's just information. And that way we're not reacting. We're just being. And there's no point in mind reading. And yet we, as a culture, love to do that. <laughs> And expect oh. others to mind read too. And that's, that's yeah. <laughs> over interfering, over analyze, right? Exactly. We're always wrong. We're never right. And then never <laughs> yeah. I, I usually say to my clients, my, our crystal ball is in the shop getting fixed. So we have to, <laughs> we have to go through this right now with what we have, not with what we think. The manual process. <laughs> <laughs> So I also want to encourage um, the listeners out there who's listening to this right now um, that, you know, whatever situation that you're going through or maybe the next coming week, um, instead of uh, feeling yourself every millisecond, maybe perhaps, you know, try pausing and see 
what comes up and be really open to that possibility. I love that, Zian. And while you're watching yourself, listeners, watch others and how they react to you. When I started practicing that, I got such wonderful responses from people. And I couldn't believe just by shifting that from reaction to being um, still. It, it, you'll see wonderful results in people around you. Well, um, I have just enjoyed chatting with you ladies tonight. This is one of my favorite topics because it's something I'm learning. And as you can tell, the other two ladies are experts in this field. Um, I want to encourage you to, if you have comments or if you want to um, respond to us, please check us out on YouTube. You're probably watching us on YouTube. Please make sure you subscribe. Um, Zian's teaching me the lingo. If you're watching on Spotify or listening on Spotify, sorry, if you're listening and you have your earbuds in Spotify, then um, press follow. Um, that's really important because we want to know that you're there. And also leave us comments and we'll be happy to respond to that. Um, we also have an email address. I just learned this. Um, I don't know where I've been. LotusChatWorldwide at gmail.org. If you want to respond to us by email, we would love to hear from you because your comments mean a lot to us. Um, that's how we build the program and the topics are things that you're um, experiencing. And so please let us know because we take that very, very, very seriously. And I want to share with you that we all have the same jacket on that um, you're probably noticing and you're probably going, I wonder what they're doing. In gang, gang. <laughs> we met at a program called Elevate Training Academy. And if you want to look it up, it's at myetachicago.org. And it's an amazing program that we took. That's how we met. I have lifelong friends now. And we learned about um, empowered living, authentic living, and taking our own power and making it work for us. Um, next week, we're going to talk about some of the principles we learned there. And that will be maximizing the value of life from a coach's perspective. So if you like free, next week will be good because we're going to talk about what we do in coaching and you will get it for free. So please join us next week. It'll be episode 11. Um, but we're really excited about meeting with you each week. Um, and we will see you next week on maximizing the value of life, free coaching. So we'll see you then. Ladies, thank you. It's a joy every week to be with you. You are amazing and so special to me. Thank you. Love you. you so and much. we love you all. Yes. yes. Bye. Good night. Bye.